Hi, everybody. Uh, thanks for tuning in again. Um, you would think after six weeks we're getting used to this, but we're not. It's still weird and kind of difficult, and I still miss all of you and can't wait for this to be over. But uh, again, I'm glad that we get to jump into God's Word and study it. And so if you would open up your Bibles to the book of James, chapter 1, uh, we're going to keep working our way through this awesome book of the Bible. Um, all three of my children, honestly, do a pretty good job of, of listening and obeying. Like when I tell them to do something, for the most part, they all obey pretty well. Not, not all in exactly the same way. They're all unique and a little different. Like when I ask Lily to do something, she'll just like say, yeah, okay, and jump up and do it right away. I think she just wants to get it done so she can go back to doing what she was doing. When I ask Gracie to do something, um, sometimes, you know, I'm not 100% sure if she hears me at the first time, but eventually she, she hears what I'm asking her to do and, and uh, doesn't always necessarily just jump right up and do it. But I know that sooner or later she's going to do what I ask her to do. And then Billy, uh, it, it takes more to get his attention because he's wearing the video game headset. And so I, I have to work uh, around that. But again, they're all different and unique. Uh, they're all fairly uh, obedient uh, I think we've got a heavenly father that understands that we are all unique and different. God wants us to listen to what he has to say, and God wants us to obey him. Uh, and God works with us and is patient with us and is gracious with us and helps us in that whole process. And the passage that we're going to look at today, James is really encouraging us, helping us, reminding us of the importance of being good hearers to what God has to say, and then also being good doers of what God would have us do. Uh, look at your, your Bible in James chapter 1, starting in verse 19. He says, Know this, my beloved brothers, let every person be quick to hear, slow to speak, slow to anger, for the anger of man does not produce the righteousness of God. Therefore, put away all filthiness and rampant wickedness and receive with meekness the implanted word, which is able to save your souls. Be doers of the word and not hearers only deceiving yourselves. For if anyone is a hearer of the word and not a doer, he's like a man who looks intently at his natural face in a mirror. For he looks at himself and goes away and at once forgets what he was like. But the one that looks into the perfect law, the law of liberty, and perseveres, being no hearer who forgets, but a doer who acts, he will be blessed in his doing. If anyone thinks he is religious and does not bridle his tongue, but deceives his heart, this person's religion is worthless. Religion that is pure and undefiled before God. The Father is this, to visit orphans and widows in their affliction and to keep oneself unstained from the world. So the first things that James uh, addresses here is being good hearers of the word. Starts by saying everybody needs to be quick to hear. That means that we need to learn how to be good listeners. And I, I don't I think we need to hear that. I don't know about you guys, but I I think all of us maybe sometimes struggle with being good listeners. Uh, 
most people aren't able to learn effectively merely through somebody speaking, right? I think a lot of us learn better, not just through someone explaining things, but showing us, demonstrating, maybe sometimes having pictures or charts helps us to learn things better. And so often when somebody's speaking, we're not really listening, right? I mean, we're, we're thinking about what we're going to say, or we're thinking about what we want to eat, or we're we got something else going on inside our head and we're easily distracted and so often we, we miss large sections of the conversation because we were drifting off somewhere else. Does that, ever, does that ever happen to you? I mean, I know it doesn't happen like during my sermons ever, but at other times I'm sure uh, it happens. Uh, a good listener makes eye contact. A good listener doesn't interrupt. A good listener invests themselves in the conversation and genuinely cares about what's being said. Uh, and, a, and a good listener doesn't, doesn't daydream or mentally float away when someone else is speaking. Being a good listener to what God has to say means we need to be taking time in God's Word. We need to be, we need to be taking time uh, to pray to God. It means... Uh, slowing down and really listening to what the Spirit of God is trying to communicate to us. Uh, busyness and distraction make it so hard for us to really hear what God is trying to tell us. And right now, we've been forced to kind of slow down. And, and uh, please, let me just encourage you, don't, don't merely feel Fill this time that we have right now with like streaming shows about tigers and making sourdough bread and like use this time. I mean, you could do those things too, but, but redeem this time. Use it to just sit and read God's word and pray and meditate and listen to what God has to say. A good listener is someone who is slow to speak. Have you ever had a conversation with someone who's, who's quick to speak? Uh, it's, it's annoying, right? I mean, they, they interrupt. They often miss the point. They jump to conclusions. They don't seem to really care about what you have to say. Uh, there's the old saying that uh, it's better to remain silent and be thought a fool than to open your mouth and remove all doubt, right? I think that's true. Uh, there's, a, there's a proverb that says kind of the same thing. Proverbs 17, 28 says, Even a fool, when he keeps silent is considered wise. When he closes his lips, he is considered prudent. Uh, this one's convicting for me. I, I have this bad habit of sometimes uh, finishing people's sentences for them, um, especially for people who are more thoughtful or deliberate with their words, and, and I like want to help them get there quicker, and so I'll try and fill in the blank, but but it's, it's not a good habit. It's rude and it's disrespectful and it's, it's something I sometimes don't even realize. I'm just trying to like keep up and track uh, and I, I, I don't even realize that I'm doing it. But uh, I think there's a reason that James reminds us to be people who are slow to speak. Because we know that it's important to be active listeners and to be slow with our responses, but we don't a lot of times. It's something that I think takes reminding and it takes vigilance. 
And it, it doesn't necessarily come natural to a, a lot of us. Some of us are better listeners than others, but I think all of us can improve in this area. When it comes to being slow to speak with God, I think it means that when we read some instruction from God's Word, that we don't immediately add a yeah, but to it. You know what I mean? Love your neighbor. Yeah, but have you met my neighbor? They're super annoying. It's hard to love them. I don't know if I can even do that. Uh, do not covet. Yeah, I know what you're saying, God, but my neighbor has really cool things and I want all of the toys that they have too. Uh, okay, um, don't lie. Yeah, I, I know that that's, but I don't want to look bad. I don't want to look silly. So I'm going to cover my rear end. Uh, don't be unfaithful. I, I know that the Bible says that, but uh, this other person that isn't my spouse, I think they would make me way happier. So I'm going to go in that direction. Being slow to speak means being willing to say, listen, it's not my will be done, but yours, God. I'm willing to do what, what you want me to do. I, I trust what you say I should do from your word. It, it means being okay with God making changes to us. Uh, it means taking his word and his guidance seriously. Okay, so James tells us that we need to be people who are quick to hear and slow to speak. That makes sense. Like, I, I can understand being a good hearer and giving this instructions that, like, listen, listen intently to what God has to say and, and be slow to speak. But the next piece of advice that James attaches with that seems weird. He says we also need to be people who are slow to anger. I mean, what does is, what is controlling our anger have to do with being good hearers of God's Word? I think maybe the answer to that is, is found back in the book of Proverbs. In Proverbs chapter 9, verses 7 through 9, it says, He who corrects a scoffer gets dishonor for himself. He who reproves a wicked man gets insults for himself. Do not reprove a scoffer or he will hate you. Reprove a wise man and he will love you. Give instruction to a wise man and he will be still wiser. Teach a righteous man and he will increase in his learning. That's saying that the fool is unable to hear truth and correction and advice and anyone who tries to tell them what's true and what's right, is going to be uh, mocked. They're going, to, they're going to be met with angry resistance and defensiveness. However, a wise man is able to, to listen to and hear advice and apply it. They'll be grateful for the correction and they'll be better for it. Are you quick to anger? When, when you read something in God's word, does it make you defensive and resistant? When somebody else points you to God's will, does it make you frustrated and grumpy? Does a gentle rebuke make you humbler and wiser? 
or does it just make you more and more foolish? As James points out here, the anger of man does not achieve the righteousness of God. If your goal in this life is to truly honor and obey God, then anger is going to be a rare thing for you. Because someone who trusts God and is, and is striving after righteousness, they're not going to get angry at God when bad things happen. They're not going to get frustrated and, and throw a fit. They're not going to get angry at other people over the, the petty things that they may or may not do to you. They're not going to let their, their frustration and their desire for control boil over into angry outbursts or harsh words because they know that the anger of man accomplishes nothing, that it's just a, a waste of time. So being able to really listen well and accept godly advice, that's something that's it's so much easier for us to do when we aren't just completely enmeshed in or mired down by all of these earthly things. I think that's one of the things that makes it so hard for us to really be hearers of God's word. That's why James says that we need to put aside all, all filthiness and rampant wickedness because those things are just, they're like, like earmuffs that make it so we can't hear what God's trying to say. And sin, though, sin is so loud. Sin, sin screams. It's, it's like a clanging cymbal. It's deafening. And again, when we're mired in it, when we're surrounded by it, when, when it's the only voice that we seem to be able to hear, it's so hard to hear what the Spirit of God is trying to tell us. If we're going to be able to hear God, we've got to move, remove those distractions from our lives. We need to get rid of anything that's going to muffle His voice. We need to seek out uh, friends and people who are going to encourage us and uplift us and, and point us towards God and God's Word. We need to separate ourselves from those places and those situations that we know will result in temptation and sin. We need to put aside the filthiness and the wickedness and all those old habits that represented our old life and instead start listening to God. And, th and this, isn't, this isn't about like some sort of moralism where you have to act a certain way if you're going to be saved. We already know that that's not how salvation works. We are saved because we've placed our faith in Jesus Christ as our Savior and our Lord, and we recognize that, that because of his death, because of his sacrifice, all of our sins are forgiven, and we are right with God. And so it's not about that. No, this is... This is about now, because we're freed from sin, listening to, to God's guidance. It's about living as though we're freed from those sinful things. And, and to do that, it, it means that we have to humbly receive, be willing to receive the word of God. So that means no more, no more like sinful pride, no more arrogantly wanting things our own way. Instead, James encourages us to approach the Word of God with, with meekness. Put our, 
ourselves, our desires aside and come to the Word of God with like a fresh heart, with a fresh set of eyes. Allow God's will and God's Word to shape us and to mold us into the kind of people that, that he wants us to be. And that, that's, a, that's a process. It's not, a, not an instant thing. The moment we place our faith in Jesus, that's, that's a process that takes our whole lives. But as we do that, as we humbly receive, meekly go to the word of God, it will start to change the way we think, the things that we desire. We'll get to the point where we won't be satisfied in our life without God's word there. That we can't even imagine trying to live this Christian life without the word of God as our lamp and our light. As James points out here, it's this word of God that is able to save our souls. The problem is that it is possible to uh, know the gospel, to, to hear about Jesus, to kind of believe that there is a God, but to never really humbly receive the word of God in a, in a way that means we uh, live it, we take hold of it, we want it in our hearts. I mean, there's a lot of people who, who grow up hearing a lot about Jesus maybe even grew up in a Christian family or going to a Christian school, but really still refuse to accept God's will for their lives. They still don't really want the, the word of God to dictate what they're going to do or how they're going to live. They're not interested in that. They don't, they don't want it. They can't accept it either because it's too hard or it's too uncomfortable or because they know that it's going to require them to make some changes that they just don't want to make. I think it's those kind of people that James is talking about next. Because again, I think, for, for even for us, for everybody, I think the problem so often isn't so much in the hearing part. Like We, we, we hear it, and, and we could even know what God's telling us and what God desires. Now, the part that's trickier for us is the doing Look at verse 22. It says, but be doers of the word, not hearers only, deceiving yourselves. If anyone thinks he's religious and does not bridle his tongue, but deceives his heart, this person's religion is worthless. Religion that is pure and undefiled before God the Father is this, to visit orphans and widows in their affliction and to keep oneself unstained from the world. The cool thing about uh, the way James writes to us is that it's just so clear, right? It's just so easy to understand what he means. I mean, he, James is a simple guy, and he has this very simple, straightforward language that he uses. Uh, be people who not only hear what God says, but you do what he asks also, right? That's all he's saying. Don't just be people who hear, like, like my kids. Yeah, I hear dad saying, hey, go do the dishes. Be people who actually get up and go and do what we're supposed to do. And the reason that, that James encourages us, exhorts us to be doers and not just hearers is because hearing is not doing, right? 
let me say that again, hearing is not the same thing as doing. And I know that that seems like a really obvious statement, but I think sometimes we confuse ourselves or fool ourselves into thinking that because we've heard what God wants, that's close enough. But hearing isn't the same as doing. Knowing what we're supposed to do isn't the same thing as doing what we're supposed to do. I mean, there's this sometimes common belief that, that church attendance serves as kind of like this absolution for all of the bad things that I do throughout the week, right? I'm going to come to church, and that'll make me feel better about all of the sin that I mired in all week long, um, we spend a lot of time hearing about what's right and wrong, and that's all well and good, but I don't actually plan on doing things that are right and stopping things that are wrong. That's why James has to say, don't be like that. Don't just be a hearer of the Word of God. Do it. What good is it to go to church and listen to the Word of God preached if you don't ever intend to make any significant life changes. Why waste your time? Just, just stay home and watch Netflix. You'd be better off. Don't delude yourself into thinking that hearing is just as good as doing when it comes to your Christian walk. I mean, it, it doesn't work that way in any other area of life. Why would it hear? You have a responsibility to put what you hear, what God is telling you, into practice. And I know that for most of us, this is some pretty basic stuff, right? This, this is elementary level stuff, but there must have been a reason that James felt like he had to write these words down. Because I don't think that this is a problem that's unique to us or our time. I think this is something that Christians always struggle with. We need these reminders we need to hear what God has to say and then let that word of God affect how we live and what we do. Doing should come pretty natural to us. If, if we're really like honestly listening, I mean, if, if we're really intent on hearing what God has to say, then obeying him isn't going to be a stretch. It's not going to be hard. Look at the illustration that James offers in 23, 24. For if anyone is a hearer of the word and not a doer, he's like a man who looks intently at his natural face in the mirror. Or he looks at himself, goes away, and at once forgets what he looks like. I mean, the analogy is meant to be silly. It's meant, meant to be absurd. I mean, who looks at themselves in the mirror and then immediately forgets what they look like? I mean, we might have a... Uh, like a slightly altered version of what we think we look like that we keep with us when we leave the mirror. And then when we face the mirror, uh, we're brought back to reality. But I think for most of us, we know what we look like. And this, this whole idea that like, we're faced with this reality and then we immediately forget it, it's just, it's, it's absurd. I mean, but we do it all the time. We clearly see in the Bible that it says, thou shalt not lie. It's right there. But then we leave the church and we go and we lie to our parents or to our spouse or to our employer or to whoever just because it suits our needs. I mean, we read what it says about anger or pride or 
selfishness or controlling our tongue. Like we can see what it says, but then we walk away from God's word and treat others with anger and frustration and vulgarity. Charles Spurgeon told this story of one time he was sitting in a restaurant and across the restaurant, there's this guy that just kept giving him the stink eye, kept, kept scowling. Every time you would look up, there's that guy like, like scowling at him. I'm like, what's this guy's problem? And so finally, he was like, All right, I had enough. And he gets up to go and ask the guy, what's your deal? And as he gets up, he realizes that there are mirrors on the back wall of the restaurant. And he's been looking at himself the whole time. We might not always like what we see in the mirror of God's word. It might be hard when the truth is reflected, but God's word is always true, and it's always helpful, and it's always what's best. I think part of the problem, at least, is with our willingness to hear Verse 25, the one who looks into the perfect law, the law of liberty, perseveres, being no hearer who forgets, but a doer who acts, he will be blessed in his doing. So what James is saying is that what's needed is intent study of God's word and God's will, and then a willingness to abide by it. And that it shouldn't be hard for us because we know God is good and we know that he loves us and he know, we know that he wants what's best for us and so we know, we should know or have a great deal of confidence that whatever God tells us to do is going to be good. And we should know because of what God's word tells us that our own like sinful, prideful desires are usually bad and don't result in good things. James says here, if, if you're not just a hearer who forgets, but a doer who obeys God's word, you'll be blessed. Man, I can only imagine the overwhelming blessings that we would find in our lives if we made it a point to do God's will in every area of our life. I mean, can you imagine how that would change and affect our individual lives as well as this world that we lived in. If people honored God's word and stayed faithful to their marriage vows, simply because that's, that's what God's will is. What, what would happen if we like, put aside the selfish ambition and the anger and instead just like, cared about others and loved them uh, more than ourselves? What would happen if we gave our Children, the time and attention that they need instead of being short and frustrated. And what would happen if we never again spoke a lie to anybody but owned up to our stuff and accepted the consequences? I'm, I'm convinced that we miss out on some of God's blessings simply because we fail to listen and obey. In, in small areas as well as big ones. If we care, if we really care about honoring God, if we truly care about living a, a righteous life, if we truly believe that God has our best intentions at heart, then obedience will be easy. Finally, uh, James closes with this example of 
uh, one way that we could be doing God's will, and that's caring for others. One of the greatest tests of obedience is how we treat other people. I mean, if we could humble ourselves and serve those who are less fortunate, people who are in, in need, then our, there's a good chance that our priorities will be where they need to be. That our religion isn't just about us and what we need and what we want, but it's about others and caring for them and serving them. He says religion that's pure and undefiled before God the Father is this, to visit orphans and widows in their affliction and to keep oneself unstained from the world. Let me ask you this. What is it that you are listening to? Are you listening to the logic of the world? Listening to friends or, or TV or people who, who tell you the things that you want to hear? Are, are you the primary source of authority for your own life? Because listen, if you're listening to anything other than the Word of God, you're listening to the wrong voices. Let me, let me join with James in encouraging you to humbly, with meekness, receive this Word of God that's been given to you. Let me encourage you to not merely hear what God has to say, but to do what He asks. Put it into practice. Over in 2 Timothy, uh, Paul says this, all Scripture is inspired by God and profitable for teaching, for reproof, for correction, for, for training in righteousness. All of God's Word is true and it's beneficial and it helps us do all of these things as we hear it. Helps us to hear it and to understand it and be corrected by it, so that the reason the man of God may be adequate, equipped for every good work, so that we can do all those good things that God has for us to do. It works. I think it works. Even when we think sin would be easier, it won't be in the long run. Even when we feel like we're stuck in a bad habit that we can't break free from, we can break free through the power of the Holy Spirit that lives in us. Even if you've failed in the past and you feel like a failure, there's blessing waiting in the future if we listen and obey. There's that theme again, right? We saw it last week. Trust and obey. It's almost like it's going to be a main theme throughout the book of James. Trusting and obeying in what God's will is. And that happens when we hear God's word and, and do what he says. God, again, we thank you that you give us these reminders that we need because we know we still have this old sin nature that wants to drag us back to worthless things. But we do, God, trust you. We trust your word. We know that what, what it says is true and is right. So God, enable us to be able to not just hear what you have to say to us, but to do what you ask, knowing that, that doing your will is the best and the healthiest, the most blessed way we can live our lives. 
God, our, uh, help it, us to live so that our will is not done, but, but your will be done. May you get praise and glory. May you be honored from our lives. I pray that in Jesus' name. Amen.